Losing really sucks, man. And the Jets have been doing a lot of it recently. Another night, another loss against the Philadelphia Flyers. With maybe one lone bright spot, find out what it was on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Now, like I said, uh, <laughs> the Jets, well, they they were pretty crap. Uh, I, I hate to say it in such blunt terms, but describing this game has not exactly been the most uh, exciting thing on my to-do list tonight. Yeah, the Jets kind of showed up to the Flyers, and they looked like they were still on break. At least in the, the the Pittsburgh game, you know, the Jets did create some stuff at 5v5. They at least looked mildly competitive. They still lost, and they still got shut out, but at least you thought, well, maybe there are a couple of shifts here and there where the Jets actually looked decent. And in this game, the Jets did have a period or two where they actually outplayed Philadelphia, but it all came down to the first period where the Jets got blown out 3 nothing. looked like they were stumbling out of the bus drunk, it was ugly. And Winnipeg, you know, for a team that continues to really see itself as a playoff contender and a team that wants to aspire to more than just making the playoffs, this performance was pretty much inexcusable. It was awful. It was almost unwatchable. And if you sat through it, well, uh, it unfortunately didn't get much better for most of the night uh, because not only did the Jets uh, then have a shorthanded goal against. They struggled to do much of anything to actually score and beat Earson at the other end. So uh, not a really prolific night and one that was very frustrating because, you know, like for me, there was a simple solution, right? And we'll talk about what the simple solution is uh, a little bit later and why what seems like a simple solution has really big ramifications for the team. But the bottom line is Bones just doesn't seem to get these line combos right. It's been a problem that when the team has been at full strength at times, Rick has certain combos and, and trios that he really likes to lean on, and it takes away from what actually makes this team good. If you don't play your most creative players in elevated roles, you're going to find yourself behind the eight ball. And the Jets, quite frankly, got embarrassed. Uh, this is one of those games where, sure, you could say that maybe the line combos weren't the only problem to start, but you know what? They probably had a pretty significant impact later in the game. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't anywhere near the sort of effort or performance or coaching that this team really should have. And, you know, the power play, also not particularly good. At least there was more movement, and they threatened to score a couple of more opportunities. But again, still dry, still disappointing. And uh, once again, the special teams just continues to... Uh, I don't even know what to say anymore. You know, it is what it is. Uh, I, I think that's pretty much the only way I've rationalized it, is that 
I, I've wasted so much time talking about the special teams that it's never going to change at this rate. Uh, the only reason that it would change is if a coaching staff change is made, and I can't really see that happening anytime soon. So, yeah, overall, it's just a really annoying game. I kind of left it feeling a bit pissed off for at least half of it. Uh, the, the other half, I was just kind of like, at this point, I just sort of accepted it, right? The Jets put themselves in a hole that they really couldn't climb out of. And despite having some periods of play where they actually looked competitive and definitely uh, outchanced and outcreated the Flyers, it just wasn't enough. It was too little, too late. You know, the, the sloppy and silly mistakes that they made in the first periods ultimately put them behind so far that they really had no chance of coming back. And it really sucks because this could have been a game where the Jets uh, shook off the dust, shook off the rust, and got back into winning ways. But instead, we just saw a team that looked like they didn't really care for at least a third of the game, and that is simply not good enough when you've had your teeth kicked in for the last few months. Let's be honest, right? The Jets haven't been good for a while now. There was some some worrying signs kind of into January, early January, and they've continued to sort of manifest, and the team just looking a step behind, not really looking up to speed, and it's hard to know if it's just a temporary slump or if it's a sign of much deeper problems. So, like I said, I think that there is something that could get this team back on track, and it seems like the Jets may have uh, keyed into it towards the end of the game. Unfortunately, doing so in the last, like, five minutes doesn't really change the outcome of the game, but at least, you know, heading into the weekend where you've got a rematch against the, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, maybe, just maybe, they kind of follow some of the lessons from this game and perhaps come up with a new lineup, because if they do, I can almost guarantee you you're going to see a much better Jets performance and a team that actually looks prepared to play uh, against a team that's not that good, if we're being honest. Winnipeg has dropped two straight results against teams that are just kind of mid, if we're being honest. Like, the Flyers are kind of not great. The Penguins are not great. No, I will say the, the Flyers have more recently sustained some decent success. But all the same, you know, this Jets team is like near near the top of the Central Division. They want to be taken seriously as a cup threat. So in games like this, you have to at least put on a decent show and to not do so against the Flyers, even on the road, especially after having so much time off for the All-Star break, just not really going to cut it, especially uh, in a league where you don't really have a lot of margin for error. So the Jets definitely need to write this ship sooner rather than later. Fifth straight loss. I'm hoping it's the end of the streak and that this is as bad as it gets throughout the rest of the year. We cannot see this game uh, or this level of performance happen again. I don't think we will, but I am a little bit concerned if it does happen again later in the season. Let's just hope that you know the team is uh, going to avoid at least some of these really ugly stretches where they just look like they haven't shown up. We haven't seen that often from the team this year, and when it does show up, it's, again, very rare but it's very noticeable because this team has set such a high standard for themselves with the first half of the season. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying not to rant about it, but I really feel like, you know, the coaching staff needed to do better in this game and they just didn't. And it wasn't until it was too late that they finally recognized one of the key solutions. And well, I, I hope that they at least continue with it because it definitely had an immediate impact, but um, we know that the coaching staff at times doesn't always see things this way. I don't know what they're going to do against uh, Pittsburgh over the weekend on Saturday, but let's hope that at least for the time being, they make some adjustments. They make the right lineup changes because this game, yeah, you don't want to see this happen again for a third straight outing after the break, right? 
Winnipeg really needs a home win. They have got to get themselves back on track. And the team just needs a little bit of a shot of confidence and, and a morale booster because right now the vibes are starting to tank. And you don't want to have that happen, especially given what happened last year around the same time. Is this the same collapse? I don't necessarily think so. But I think that there's something that they can take away from uh, from last season that they can change this year with the right adjustments. We'll talk about one of the biggest adjustments and why it's actually not that crazy and all that complicated in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global visitors. And you know what? They help you schedule, screen, and message all in one convenient place so you can connect with candidates faster. And they don't just uh, help you find candidates faster. They also give you extremely high-quality applicants. They want to give you matches that actually make sense for your job. And as somebody who has actually used Indeed when I was looking for work a while back, I can attest to how easy it was. I just put in my resume, fill out some of the forms and applications, and it was a absolute pleasure to do it. It was very easy, very user-friendly, and indeed walked you through every step. So Leverage, you know, what has been an awesome network for three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed for all of their hiring needs. Listeners of this show will also get a special bonus with the $75 sponsored job credit when you go to uh, Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Just go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the LockedOn Winnipeg Jets podcast. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, on the other side of things, you know, you, we talked about employment. Let's talk about retirement. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is uh, even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscriptions, uh, subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024, valid by Radius Global Market Research. Intr investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA is available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC, member of SIPC, is a registered broker-dealer. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for joining us on tonight's episode as we are talking about a couple of key things from uh, the last game against the Philadelphia Flyers, which did not exactly go according to plan for one defeat. Very frustrating, but at least the one goal came off of something that we have been begging the Jets to do for weeks and months, perhaps even years that is putting Nikolai Ehlers on the first line. We'll talk about why this change is very simple, very straightforward, and also something that's really beneficial for the Jets in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, just wanted to tell you something really cool that the Lockdown Network has started. We have launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. 
Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with our local experts and our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked on Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV and YouTube. Now, circling back to the Jets, right? I just said that Nikolai Ehlers on the first line is perhaps one of the simplest, most straightforward, and perhaps most impactful changes the Jets can make. And Ehlers, look, I know a lot of people are going to look at his uh, his high-risk plays and, and think about his injury history and say, you know, he's not really a first liner. But I promise you, he is our most creative player. And when he was on the first line a few weeks ago alongside Shifley and Velarde, did you know that he only scored less than McKinnon and Petrosian at the same time? He had one of the highest scoring rates. He was one of our most impactful players, and that trio absolutely dominated almost every single opponent they came against. I can actually count on one hand the number of really bad games that Lyon had, and it was only like two. Even when that unit wasn't scoring, it was generally controlling the flow of chances. And for the Jets, that's really important because if your depth uh, doesn't have as much finishing talent, which is kind of where the Jets are, it's it's good depth, but it's perhaps not one that's built to score a ton, then having your top line really outmatch opponents softens up and wears down your uh, opposing defenders to the point where you might be able to capitalize on some more greasy opportunities, some mistakes, all that kind of stuff. And Ehlers just makes the top line so much better, period, right? If you're going to have Shifley and uh, Connor play together, then you have got to have Nikolai's creativity because Shifley and Connor together, if we're being honest, they're not that great. Uh, as a duo, you have this continued problem where Connor is a really gifted scorer, but in terms of whether or not he creates his own space and also creates space for his line mates, he's really only capable of doing it for himself. When it comes to actually utilizing his line mates, he's not that efficient. That changes when he plays with Nikolai Ehlers. They seemingly have a much better understanding of space and, and roles and stuff, and it seems like they overlap and interchange more effectively. I feel like when Connor uses Ehlers, they actually exchange the puck a lot more efficiently. There's better rotation, and it just seems like they have a better understanding of how to stretch space and attack it more effectively. And you saw in the late shifts in this past game, where as soon as Ehlers was on the top line, suddenly all three players, including Shifley, looked way more dangerous, and they scored a beautiful goal off of it, right? A hardworking goal, a great goal that uh, ended up showing some patience and skill. It was exactly the kind of finish that you would want to see from this trio. Ehlers did not recruit or uh, record a point necessarily, but he was instrumental in the zone setup and helped to create some of these own entries that also led to subsequent scoring chances. So look, at the end of the day, for me, this really should have been a no-brainer change, and I don't know why Bones has been so adamant about not doing it. Paul Maurice was too, and he was a terrible coach for the Jets towards the end. Maurice just didn't get it, and this is a situation where Bones, again, has shown that at times he's not really gotten it either, but it seems like at least if these line combos are to hold heading into Saturday, maybe this is the turning point, right? We've seen this team really slump, and it kind of started when you had... Um, Connor back from injury because you took Ehlers off the top line, you put Connor up there, and you had Velarde. And, and, and look, I like Velarde a lot, but he's not the same kind of player that Ehlers is. Nick is one of our most creative, most effective, and most dangerous skaters. And so when he's moving at 100% and at top speed, no one on this team really touches him for transition ability. And it's very clear that that's what uh, Connor and Shifley needed, somebody who can do that who can be the perimeter skater in the offensive zone, all of that stuff, all of that creativity, 
Ehlers brings in spades. And so for me, it's just maddening that um, he's continued to be treated with kid gloves and given like third line minutes. And when I posted earlier on Twitter that I'm worried that he's not going to resign, like if I were, if I were Ehlers, right. If I was in his shoes, I would not resign with the jets at all. Not until something changes. And, you know, I see evidence that the role that I would be given is suited to like a top line player. Cause that's what Ehlers is. He's our most creative attacker. He's been horribly misused for years and it's about time that somebody recognizes his talent and actually plays him like it. And somebody said I was overreacting. And I'm like, how could I possibly be overreacting about like a four or five year problem? Ehlers being used as like a third liner has been something that's happened for so, so long. And I thought maybe finally we'd see that shift when we had that trio of Connor or uh, of, of Ehlers, Shifley, and Velarde earlier. But then as soon as Connor came back, Back to the same old BS. And that, for me, is just not good enough. When you have one of the two most dangerous lines in the entire NHL and you don't even have McDavid, I don't know how you, how do you, in your right mind, justify splitting that trio up because it made so many other players on this team a lot more effective and it gave all four lines the ability to roll efficiently and roll uh, against matchups, right? And they, they dominated those matchups. So for me, it's just it's baffling. I don't get it. But I'm hoping that this is the end of it, because if it is, the Jets might finally start to turn a corner again and go back to doing what they do best. So let's hope that the change that we see from the end of this game is permanent, because I promise you, if the Jets stick with it and they keep going along this path, it's going to solve a lot of the problems that I've just described. Winnipeg already has some issues generating offense, so don't limit yourself. Use your most creative players with the max size time. Pair them together. Let them work together. You already know that it does work really well. They've already shown that they can score beautiful goals. Let them keep working because, you know, the second line with Perfetti, Monahan, and Velarde immediately followed up with good scoring chances of their own. If that trio can work together, awesome. Keep it. You know, there's no point in, in not experimenting now when you've got time to figure out what you need because, you know, the trade deadline is still a month away. The Jets are still assessing what the roster needs. And uh, this is the ideal opportunity for you to figure out what you've got in stock and on hand already. But I'm not going to rant about it anymore. You know what I feel about the the Ehlers thing. It's been a longstanding issue. I'm just hoping that we finally have seen the end of it. But of course, uh, one thing that I alluded to earlier that a lot of fans have kind of been bringing up on Twitter and social media and stuff is the fact that around this time, you know, last year the Jets had a bit of a collapse and we're seeing something like this again this year. Are we doomed to repeat history or is this any different? We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Game Time. I've had to buy lots of tickets throughout my lifespan. I've bought tons of concert tickets. Uh, I've picked up sports, uh, like game tickets and stuff. And look, we all hate surprise fees. We hate charges that don't make sense. And buying tickets can be a real gamble, especially when you have sellers who are a little bit sketchy. And you're not even sure what you're buying, right? You don't have great uh, in-venue views. You might just have a seat map, or if you're unlucky, you don't even know where you're really buying in a section at all. Game time gets the pain of all of this stuff and doesn't want to beat around the bush. They want to offer you not only great views, but they also want to make sure that you know what you're paying for. They've got in-venue or seat views, so you can actually be sure you're buying what you want. And they also offer last-minute deals, all-in prices, and killer specials. They have flash deals, they have uh, special zone deals, and of course, they all come back with the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and so much more. 
If you want to take the guesswork out of buying tickets, go with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL or Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are diving into uh, a question that I think is worth answering before we close out. And it's, you know, are the Jets doomed to repeat history, right? Is this team on a collision course with the same crap that has plagued this franchise for the last few years? And more specifically, are the Jets doomed to repeat last season where they had a great first half marred by a bad second half where everything sort of fell apart? What I'll say about that is that, no, this collapse that we're seeing over the last few games really isn't anything like last year. Last year, I would actually say the good first half was pretty illusory, right? The Jets were decent, but they were more like a break-even sort of average squad that was sort of buoyed by elite goaltending. Now, the Jets at 5v5, at least until this recent stretch, were generally dominating most of their opponents, or at least outplaying them by a fairly significant margin, enough to be noticeable. I will say that, like last year, finishing at times has been a little bit of a trick, tricky situation with this team, but I think this, this Jets roster is generally deep enough to uh, paper over some of those issues, and they found some line combos that at times have really carried them, even when the 5v5 finishing and 5, uh, 5v4 power play have both been kind of wretched. Now, the finishing this year was noticeably better, and I think that's um, a reflection of the addition and talent the Jets have acquired. It also feels like, you know, we've seen better seasons uh, with some of the players the Jets have cut out and replaced with new additions like Ayafalo, um, Velarde, of course, and Kupari. Now, Ayafalo and, and Kupari haven't exactly worked out as well as I'd hoped, but Velarde, for the most part, looks every bit the elite player that we wanted him to be. So, Compared to last year, right, what is the distinguishing feature that should put you uh, or have you at least feel more at ease than last season? Well, I will say that this team has more ways to score. I think Winnipeg is a deeper team, and I think the way that they're losing these games is stuff that can probably be pretty easily rectified if they make one or two changes to the way the top six works. If Bones gets away from having uh, the Connor and, and Shifley duo without Ehlers, that's going to make a huge difference because without Ehlers, those two don't work together. But with them, uh, with him, he, you know, that trio really starts to click a lot more effectively. Doubly so when you have uh, Ehlers, Shifley, and Velarde all together. I keep saying Connor, Shifley, Velarde because that's the trio that we're working with now that doesn't work. But Ehlers, Shifley, and Velarde was elite. Now, I don't know that we're necessarily going to see that, but so long as uh, Velarde works well with Monaghan and Perfetti, I really don't care. Now, I guess the question here is, if you do have those line combos, what happens to, you know, some of the other trios? And I think for the bottom six, I don't know, no, no, I don't think like Bones is really going to change anything. I think he'll probably keep this relatively the same. I think the only reason the bottom six would really be impacted is if the Jets brought in another forward, which is a possibility. Uh, Winnipeg could potentially bring in another winger, which would be a huge upgrade on either of Ayafalo or Appleton. But my guess is the Jets are probably going to look more towards Rucker McCrory to, to fill that role and probably look to trade for a defender instead, which, you know, I'm of two minds 
with, right? Because it would depend on how much salary goes out. If the Jets move Nate Schmidt, you could probably bring in Chris Tanev. If the Jets are intending to have Tanev step in for like Sandberg or something, I think that would be a mistake. Now, I don't really think that's going to be the case. I suspect Sandberg has very much uh, stapled himself into this lineup permanently, but maybe there's a shock somewhere that I'm not really expecting. I, I highly doubt there would be any reason for him to be benched, though. If anyone does get removed from the lineup, it's probably Schmidt. I think Nate had a, you know, a solid stretch there for a few weeks where he looked like he was kind of uh, turning the clock back a bit. But since then, I think he's kind of fallen back to earth. And we've seen his lack of mobility and foot speed be an issue on a number of goals against recently. So again, not all his fault, but I think it's just, it, it shows the limitations of where Schmidt's game is at. I love him. I think he's an awesome guy. He's been a fantastic fit for the locker room, but in terms of the on ice performance, you might want to start limiting his, his minutes just a little bit. And Tanev would be a huge upgrade on that right side. It also still gave you some flexibility to perhaps, um, take a run at figuring out some ice time for Heinola because Vili desperately needs to get into this team. I think he has a bright future for the squad, especially with Chisholm now out. Heinola is clearly one of our most talented puck movers. He almost earned himself a spot out of camp. I think it's only a matter of time before we finally see him back with the Jets, and I'm very excited for it because um, based on what he's done with the move so far, he's looked pretty darn dangerous, uh, and I think he's Still working through some of like the ankle issues that he had post-surgery, but in terms of players that I'm very excited about and somebody who I think can be a really fun difference maker, both at even strength and on the power play, Heinola is definitely one of those guys who has the skill, finesse, and uh, elite puck-moving ability to genuinely impact this team in ways that we haven't seen from a blue liner in a while. I think uh, he, he's not going to hit the levels of like Josh Morrissey, but in terms of being a top four uh offensively minded blue liner with good passing, good vision, good breakout ability, and somebody who's just also really talented when he's in possession, I could see things uh, looking pretty nicely for the Jets defense. Winnipeg really doesn't have too, too many weaknesses on the back end other than foot speed. So if you add Heinola into this mix, I think you're going to have a lot more fun and come away with a team that looks like it's able to control the ice a lot more effectively. But I'd be curious to know your thoughts on this. How are you feeling about all of it? Um, drop your thoughts in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We'll talk about some potential line combos on tomorrow's episode for how the Jets could line up against the, uh, the Penguins or at least what I would suggest the Jets do and also rethink about how a trade deadline acquisition might change this particular lineup for the better. We'll dive into all of that on tonight or tomorrow's episode. But for tonight's show, like I said, that's all the time that we have. Thank you so much for listening and making us your first listen of the day every day. We'll see you back here tomorrow with even more fresh, hot Jets coverage. So don't go anywhere. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. And as always, have a great night and go Jets go.